There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, happy Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere date for hey. people oh. who are celebrating that. <laughs> Brittany, oh. I'm talking to you and myself and all the other New Jersey fans because that comes back tonight. Nice. I, I'm missing Housewives, but I'm, I haven't watched that one since. You might want to drop in because we're going to see how Teresa and Louie, the whole lead up to the wedding, what happens between Melissa and Joe, Joe that her own brother doesn't go to the wedding. Right. You know, I mean, it might be we've got some new Housewives. There could be, you know, it some, could be something new. Yeah. And then, you know, yesterday you gave us some. Epic movie reviews. Uh, I did. Hated Shotgun Wedding. Beyond. Loved 80 for Brady. Yes. And then you expressed a concern about seeing a trailer for Magic Mike. Right. Well. Okay, tell me. This is from Variety. Okay. Oh. Magic Mike's Last Dance Review. Steven Soderbergh strips series of everything but Channing Tatum, a.k.a. Channum. Matthew McConaughey and the supporting cast are long gone in this toothless sequel, which finds Magic Mike playing private dancer to Selma Hayek's far-fetched romantic awakening. Uh-oh. Reawakening. And from whatever that minutia was you just read, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I'll i wait and read some more reviews <laughs> um, before up, I go to the... It just didn't feel fun. That is it, what it is. It felt f- there was a frantic to it because Selma Hayek is bound and determined to stage one last great spectacle, and she and Chanum don't feel believable. They don't as as a hot as a hot sexy couple. Mm-mm. She feels more anti. Yeah, mm-hmm. with him, and and it just and it was really you know, um, and and in that first movie, you know. Saw it with Auntie Marlene. Oh, the yeah. story remember of redemption. The one, remember the one word review she gave on that one? Redemption. It was a my, movie about redemption. Okay, so my auntie would go to movies, a lot of movies with Lori, and she'd give one word reviews, Grant. Or one sentence. Or one reviews. sentence. <laughs> okay. she, she was a nun for 40 years. She She'd was. never uh, seen got it. That, that much man muscle before. I guess Skin. Skin. Skin, yeah. And yeah. and that that first movie, you know, was real world, working class, cred. Amber Heard was in it, uh, she, but she was trying to repeat the same trick eleven years later. Mm. I don't know. No, nope. and and you know, with it's Matthew like a McCann- gender swapped Pretty Woman fantasy, according it, to Variety. Oh, uh oh, uh huh. It just didn't. And you know, I'm a big fan of Selma Hayek, and I'm same. a big fan of Chanum, but you just didn't feel 
what is this movie going to be? We could be wrong. We could we be could completely be. wrong. And I don't I see so. Canem starting something that isn't great, you yeah. know, because they've waited she, enough years. Yeah, but she she makes him the director. I guess there's just, it's gotten so far away from what it was about. What made it the be yeah. so great. Yeah. yeah. Just the whole. He's got to have one last yeah, dance, Larry. I mean, Mike's furniture business went bust during the pandemic, and now he's fallen on hard times and needs to dance again. I mean, that is the premise. Oh, okay. Well, that's very, that's happened to people. But yes. yeah, yeah, Lori, I don't yeah. know. Not a lot of thinking there. <laughs> you know, oh, I don't know. Yeah, right. Who was wrong? Right. Was wrong? I just never pictured Magic Mike going in the furniture business direct, uh, <laughs> no, direction. No, he was, he was, he was, he did like to make furniture. That yes. was one. Make furniture as a hobby. As a hobby. Yeah. But then it turned into maybe a thing. Yeah. I don't know. That was a valid point. I, I oh, know. That just yeah. I watched The Last of Us last night. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Another got good back episode. a little bit. Yeah, got back to a little bit more of the main story because you know the last episode really kind of helped. Build and, some character, right? And Melanie Linsky oh, from uh, Yellow Jackets okay, makes we an appearance. We, and, we didn't watch that one yet. Okay, so that's she a, makes an appearance because yeah. we saw her in the trailer, and yes. I kept wondering when we were going to see her and character. She, from her first appearance to her last appearance in that episode, boy, wow. did she grow into quite the character. You Whoa. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. The scene where she's like, "Do you I, need them? Nope. All right, yeah. take care of it." Yeah, uh-huh. it, it was it was good. It, Peter Pascal and the gal, the young actress from Game of Thrones, who plays, you know, the girl he's trying to get to Wyoming, they have the best rapport and dialogue. It's so the, the jokes, the jokes. Mm. It's so funny. Yeah, they have. They really, and that's why I think the episode prior to that, because there, they had to find a way to build this appreciation that you have for humanity mm-hmm. and one another without doing it with those two characters, and they did that with with Bill. And and um, um, Murray Bartlett's character yeah. in the previous episode, yeah, but did. you really see them now in this episode start to have fun with each other and not realize it's a job. But they're... even though it's such a grim situation, know, and can... these two did not act together, I don't think they had any scenes in Game of Thrones. Because remember, these two actors. What was Pedro Pascal? He was in Game of Thrones. He played the guy from that faraway land that was. He looks uh, kind of. Uh, I guess I, I didn't he... remember him. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He was in. He was in it, and and then that girl was in it. She was like the twelve-year-old queen of that kingdom. Okay. Can't oh think yeah, of her I remember name. that. Bella Ramsey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so people were pointing out this morning because apparently last night Leonardo DiCaprio um, was out on a date with a nineteen-year-old, and Pedro Pascal and Leonardo DiCaprio are the same age. 48. Okay. And that Bella Ramsey, who plays his co-star in The Last of Us, is 19. And just like seeing the visual of those two together and then, you know, the the same, the same thing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, I mean, the Titanic is going to, is 25 this year. And now I wonder if Leo's going to break up with the Titanic. It's aged (laughs) out. It is 25 years. (gasps) This is a very true statement. (laughs) This it's going to be re-released true. in the theaters. Oh, You're that's sorry. hilarious. Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we watched the fifth episode of 1923. Same. Excellent. Oh, that show is so good. I, it's like you never want it to end. It's like the best movie. Every week is like a movie. I am true. so moved by that show, and Same. I'm so curious how they're going to twist the pieces together. But and they really did film in Africa. 
It's yeah, I know. They were right? in Zanzibar. They were in Tanzania. All these great. And they Africa. were also in Montana during the freezing cold. Yes, because yes. um, you hear Harrison Ford talk about how yeah. cold it was. It's just such an amazing. And then you see, you know, scenes from, um, you know, the Theodore Roosevelt State Park in oh, North yeah. Dakota. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that's just art. It's a very good show. It's definitely, if you're on the fence about Paramount Plus, you have a lot of shows, but don't sign up for Paramount Plus for Yellowstone. No. Because it's not on there. Right. No, yeah, that's the, yeah, that the agreement is, they made with where Peacock. Where is Yellowstone? Oh, it's on Peacock. Peacock. Okay. Because they made but an agreement. But always a season yeah. behind. Yes, it's always. it won't give you the current season. The only way you can watch the current season outside of watching it on Paramount is if you go to like... Uh, uh, Prime Video and buy the season, yeah. and then okay. you can watch it. Right. Other than that, but yeah, they made a deal with Peacock before the success of the show, and it always goes to Peacock. Yeah, <laughs> but They're there's a lot on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, plenty, plenty, there's plenty, plenty of good original TV shows. Now Tulsa King. Oh, well, anything Mayor. related to CBS as well, because yeah, Paramount right. is CBS. So it's, it used to be what was CBS All Access. So all the old classic CBS shows that you would watch, you like Cheers. Yeah, Cheers is on there. You right. can, and I think right. I think that's Peacock. But yeah, all the old CBS shows are on there paramount is just it's it's an umbrella of a lot of different things. the good fight you oh, know which is so good. yeah that's such a good try i haven't finished the six seasons but oh, casey so, and i dip in uh, out of that because that's an easy I one think, to dip in i think I'm, yeah but i'm just sorry that 1923 i'm in awe of the writing of the storytelling of the cinematography of the acting it is that like just, a movie i mean the final scene last night was oh, incredible i'm dying i just, yeah. <laughs> I just and there's only six i know so we only get one more episode yeah it's but it's, i wonder if they split there if they did like um you know six and six like yellowstone is done they might 12 so that we really ha- we're gonna get more we'll have a little lull and then we're gonna have more more now. maybe you don't know but we are getting a second season yeah. of it for sure. But six episodes is not, not enough. enough. There's so much to be told. Oh. I, I mean, I really think I was, I was so happy watching it. I was just, we were just like, oh, this yeah. is the best thing. All right. Listen, we're, we got to go. It, our story we can't get enough of. Holy hell. We can't <laughs> believe it. It's been eight years since this was signed. And now we have confirmation of it's happening. Uh, I was hoping Julia didn't know the news, but of course she's been uh, reading all day preparing for this very program. I did know it. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Lori and Julia here for Ann Tressler and her team at Tressler Law. We've asked Ann to provide us with some tips for people who are going through divorce. One of her tips is to do your homework. Ann, what do you mean by that? When you're going through a divorce proceeding, I tell my clients to remember that knowledge is power. Start by gaining all the basic understanding of your financial situation. Everything from your bank accounts, your retirement accounts, your investment accounts. If you own businesses, start gathering that information. The more information you can relay to your attorney, the better. This is the one thing you can do to prepare for this process. Also do your homework when you're hiring your attorney. Find someone who is a knowledgeable resource and focuses solely on family law. Make sure you trust and like your attorney. They will be the one guiding you through this process and you want to be able to work well together. And this is why you guys offer the free divorce one-hour consultation. The more we can educate you and help you understand the process, the more you're going to feel control, the more you're going to feel empowered. And when it comes to knowing your attorney, this way you're going to get to know us. To learn more or schedule your free one-hour divorce consultation, visit trustlerlaw.com or my talk keyword divorce. You know, the way we were celebrates 50 years this year. It's uh, 50 years ago that movie came out in 1973. And in 2015, Penguin Random House paid uh, Barbara Streisand, I don't know how much money, 
but to write her memoir. Right. And we were shocked that she was going to write it, and but it was 2015. It's now 2023, and we finally have news on the book. It comes in at an astounding 1,040 pages. Yes. It will cost $40 in hardcover. The book uh, will be published in November. The name of the book is called My Name is Barbara. So she likes to make records, and she's breaking a record with this book. It's one of the longest memoirs that's been in the works. Hopefully, at 1,040 pages, you're hoping inside scoop on romances, career, everything. Everything. I hope, well, and I think she's at a point And maybe a lot of photos. Oh, yeah. That we haven't seen. And I mean a lot. Right. That would be good. I still have her book that Donnie got me years ago, the... um, Oh, about her home or architecture book? and architecture and a lot of pictures. And then we've got other unauthorized biographies on her that we've had people on. I think it's, you know, remember Prince was writing his when he died. 50 pages, only 50 pages. And this one we've been waiting for forever. She just had a juicy love life that I'm very curious about. I'm hoping she... If she dishes. Andre Agassi. Yes. Um... Don um, Johnson. Johnson. They did a duet together. I still love that John duet. John Peters, yes. Warren Beatty, Ryan O'Neill. Yes. Prince Charles. Yes. Well, you know, she comes out of the gate in 1964 as a singer with the album of the same name, and she's a star in 1964. Four years later, she shares an Oscar for Funny Girl. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, anyway, well, Elliot Gould, you know, she sure. married him and had a child with him. James Brolin, she does have a ghostwriter. Oh yeah, on this yeah, book. yeah. And um, one of the funny things when you and I were out in Beverly Hills a couple of weeks ago, I brought one book with me. I brought this book called "The Way They Were: How Epic Battles and Bruised Egos Brought a Classic Hollywood Love Story to the mm-hmm. Screen." And this guy, Robert Hoffler. He does a lot of Hollywood where he takes in, obviously, someone he got an assignment because it's the 50-year anniversary of The Way We Were. Right, 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 right. Iconic movie that still stands up. Sidney Pollack directed it. Holds up. It's amazing. Because the movie is set in the 40s mm-hmm. and 50s, you know. And um, so one of the stories that I got a kick out of, I had shared with you an excerpt that I read, but one of the stories, so... In the first sex scene between Barbara Streisand's character and Robert Redford that they film, um, he wore two pairs of briefs, of underwear. Yes. And remember, this is 1973, so there are no intimacy coordinators. You know, who knows how they do it? But according to Robert Huffler, the one, the scene where... He's lying in bed. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Kind of passed out, remember? Mm-hmm. And then she moves on top of him uh-huh. and he kisses her on the neck. And they and she did they kind of and then he falls asleep you know mm-hmm. and then there is another sex scene but just that scene for for her 
um, two days. Two days to film. And the producer, Ray Sark, was so pissed about how in the hell can this short of a scene. Well, Robert says, according to all of his sources, Barbara prolonged the, the filming so she could do take after take with Redford. She was so enamored with him. She thought he was so beautiful, and he had set her straight at their... Because it took Sidney Pollack almost a year to convince... To convince Robert Redford to do this movie. Because he kept saying, she's not going to sing in the middle of the movie, is she? And I'm a happily married man, Mm -hmm. and I've heard she goes after all of her leading men. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. She just had a mad, mad crush on him. So I hope, as everyone did, as everyone did, she was just infatuated, mes- mesmerized. It was obvious to everyone on the film that she really liked him. And when they had dinner together, because she kept wanting to meet him, mm-hmm. Robert Redford ahead of time. And Robert Redford, Bob, is of the school of acting to have your chemistry be real. You meet for real on, on the, the first set. day yep. of shooting. Yep. Yep. In whatever order it is, but that's where he mm-hmm. came from. Barbara's like, no, I need to talk. And he's like, I don't want to talk about the movie. But he finally agrees. And when they are having dinner, he uh, and and he's been on the record with t- sharing the story. He just said, you know, um, we don't need to talk about all this. And I am a happily married man. So you just have to know that. And if I confide anything in you during the course of filming, it's only to make something between our characters come together. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And she was completely turned on by that. The challenge. The challenge. So so you think <laughs> I've got a chance. Yeah. And, she, and, you know, and Robert Redford was married from 1958 until 1985. Yeah. And they have, he and Lola have four kids together and she's since passed away. But he, he, Robert Redford was even... On the Hollywood grapevine, you did not hear about him having no. affairs with his lady, leading ladies no. or anyone. He was very, very professional. And um, Robert finally, after the second day, full day mm-hmm. of doing that scene over, he just looked at Paul, uh, Cindy Pollock and he was just like, I've had enough. So mm-hmm. I hope she writes about all this. I do, too. Yeah. I do too, and I hope she writes. I had such a crush on him, and he couldn't stand me. Yeah, I right. Mean, I really Something hope like she's that. honest. Yeah, I do too. I was looking at you know all these top celebrity memoirs, and and it comes in you know the one th- there's so many, and ones that you know you and I have read that we've really liked, um, like Angelica Houston. Remember how much you loved yeah. that one? Mm-hmm. Watch me a memoir, mm-hmm. and. Um, just, I mean, you know, Audition, Keith Richards, Keith Richards, life. Andre Agassi. Yes. I had a Dickinson. Remember, she was on for yeah. hers. Yeah, but that was kind of it. Wasn't that good? I know. Yeah. I know. It. I mean, Debbie Reynolds, make them laugh. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like I want to read that one. But I love these memoirs if they speak the truth. Well, if they go over the whole yeah. extent, you know, just, of everything, because yeah. that's what we want to know about the movies, the music, and the lovers. Basically, that's it. Mm-hmm. In, and not in that order. Yeah. Lovers. Mix them together, yeah. right? hopefully. Yeah. You know. Well, she, she's she got stories. I mean, she's been around, and I feel like she took had journals. I feel like she well, saved she, everything. The reason it's taken her so long is she doesn't like looking back. So it's been like pulling teeth to get her to do this book. Mm. Well, 2015. Yeah. I wonder if she got money up front.
<laughs> oh, yeah, she got an advance, but she didn't need it or care about it, but she got no, it. No, I know. All anyway, right. so November. Yes, all right. All right, everybody, Lori and Julia here to talk about Learning RX. They have seven metro-wide locations and um, also a Zoom option for one-on-one brain training. And it, it just, it continues. I love it, you know, probably about... We get like three testimonials in a week at least. Yeah, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Telling us about how, you know, from the parents whose children have gone through the program, how they just see their kids light up. Yeah, it changes them. The it's, confidence, then the ability to read or study or remember and then hearing, what they've studied. And hearing from teachers at school and, um, you know, parent-teacher conferences, how kids' lives can be transformed and changed. Because when your child is struggling in school, there's a lot of years and it just, why not give them the best foot forward? If there's a problem with reading, organization, math, memory, all you need to do is sign up for an assessment and find out what's the root cause of the learning issues. And mention Lori and Julia when you do that, Learning Rx. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We have another uh, delightful addition to the Lori and Julia book club brought to us by Book Club Restaurant. So be sure if you ever buy the Book Club Restaurant, Mention Lori and Julia Book Club or Lo J Book Club to have uh, your hot toddy complimentary of the restaurant. Absolutely. And we are delighted. Today's author is Amy Popel. It is her fourth novel. It's called The Sweet Spot. Welcome, Amy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And I want that hot toddy. I know. (laughs) Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Sounds so good. Where are we calling you? I'm in New York City. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay, so this is the first book of yours that we've read, and I know that you have three under your belt. So give everybody the setup to the sweet spot. So this is a book that takes place in Greenwich Village in New York, which happens to be my neighborhood. And it's a book about three women who have really every reason to despise each other, although they've never met. And yet they end up bonding over... Many things, one of which is a baby that belongs to absolutely none of them. It, and this, it's a comedy. It, it is a comedy. And it's, you know, I was, I read it on my honeymoon and I just was so delighted. I read it in a day and it's just such a fun, you have such a clever way of writing and weaving it all together. And it all kind of starts out with one big misunderstanding that just spins out of control. Yes. Um, it's the sort of thing that I have been known to do, which is <laughs> say just, the wrong thing or say something that you don't expect to have big consequences, but then it does somehow. So my character, Lauren, makes sort of an offhand remark, um, and she sparks the divorce of a couple that she doesn't know. Um, so I, so in a way, it's a misunderstanding. In a way, it's just something that she maybe shouldn't have done. Um, so the book is a lot about making up for our mistakes and keeping our sense of humor in the face of them. Well, I, I like that um, one of the blurbs you got from Shondaland, Shonda Rhimes Production Company, a yes. wonderful choice for fans of stories about strong female friendships and shows like the Gilmore Girls. I mean, I was just like, whoa. Yes. Well, I definitely wanted to write a book that was, in fact, most of my books are pretty women-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this one, I really wanted a range of age in my main character. So I have one character who's in her 20s, one who's in her you know, early 40s, and one who's in her my age, which is like mid to late 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, and Love then that. I have one extra grandmother thrown in. 
And she ends up becoming a pretty important character in the book, too. But I just love interactions between women of different ages. And did you have, was there a spark, a genesis for this story that came to you? And you're like, oh, I'm going to explore this. Or how did you get the idea? I think it's being a 57-year-old woman. And I have just found myself so full of rage for some reason. (laughs) I just feel like there are a lot of things that kind of generally speaking about society kind of make me angry for women my age. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of it is biological clock related some of it is menopause related i don't know it's a lot of different things well i mean amy Um, let's let's be real menopause is like no one doctors don't talk to people about it women are very misled and misunderstood and not really you know treated well i just think if a penis was sweating every night not sleeping lori (laughs) you're a hundred percent right i couldn't agree with you more I just have been thinking so much about that sort of thing lately. Um, And I wanted to write a book where one character was very angry because Mm -hmm. first of all, I think anger is a lot of fun as a, as an emotion to explore. I just think anger can like quickly bring about humor, but I also, it's something that I also take seriously. And I wanted this character, Melinda, who is a woman, you know, as I said, she's about my age, whose husband of 30 years leaves her for a much younger woman and has a baby and that whole situation which by the way women my age like i'm hearing the story a lot this is right something that's you know so i just wanted to do a deep dive into that and and have that character come out better than she started i just wanted a really good outcome for her and and you know what's i i think is so clever because the brownstone home is a character and the bar underneath the brownstone home is a character, and it reminded of this place that our cousin lives in New York City on Broadway in like 40 seconds. 42nd, yeah. There's this bar yeah. underneath where he lives. He's in one of those yeah. old railroad apartments. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, those are just all over my neighborhood. I lived here for about 15 years, and I do not live in a brownstone. I live in a big NYU high rise. Okay. Um, because my husband's on the faculty here. Okay. So I'm about three blocks from Washington Square Park and I walk around there all the time and I just stare at those brownstones and wonder what is going on in there and is it pretty on the inside? Is it dark? What's the backyard? Because you know, these houses have these yes. yards between mm-hmm. the two, you know, this set of houses on the opposite street. Um, so that's where my imagination just starts to run wild. And some of these brownstones do have bars in the basement, and um, I just decided to name my bar the sweet spot in part because it's so typical of Greenwich. I think of Greenwich Village as the sweet spot of New York City. It's mm-hmm. very charming, and it's, it has sort of a smaller town feel, but it's also really gritty and filthy and loud, and <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of what the bar is also. I think, didn't Patricia Fields have, wasn't her store it was, in Greenwich Village by NYU? What store? I'm Patric- sorry? The Patricia Fields Boutique when she had a store. I feel like it was on oh, 8th I'm or not something. Sure. Yeah, it I'm was, not sure. I can't remember what street it was on, Lori, but, but of course so I remember cute. going into going a basement. Going downstairs yeah, yeah. into a basement. For you sure. know, when you're talking right. about Melinda's anger and how it's kind of like, a narration you're hearing a lot, like you're saying it, you know, man, you know, meets a younger woman, dumps his wife of so many years, mm-hmm. and then the younger yeah. woman gets pregnant, and then man just kind of fuddles his way around and, and has regrets. And it's in Melinda's, how she works her anger out 
really being clever and creative, I might add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very, <laughs> she owns it. Yeah. To a point that you're well, like, and, she did that. Yeah. I, and I love that she says to her soon to be ex husband, I hope you know that you will never sleep again for the rest of your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she actually means the rest of his life. He's yeah. 70 plus. It, and, it would be um, like. It would be like if you, you know, just said to somebody, you know, I'll haunt your you know what, your rock for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You'll never have a proper heart on again. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what yes. you hope. You want to put a spell. You're like so pissed. Yes. Well, I think as I think Melinda says at one point that all men over 50 should be castrated or something. Something like <laughs> she did. Yeah. 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 I, I do think it's very funny. Um, there's just a lot to talk about Mm -hmm. about that phenomenon of these sort of older men becoming fathers and should they and you know we used to think that all the health consequences for having a baby later in life were on the woman but you know we know now that it's not necessarily so healthy for a man old sperm old sperm is yeah it's not good crooked old sperm does not produce the best oh lori we're talking with amy (laughs) popel her latest book is the sweet spot it's really a fun read and it just for people, and I know... Could this be a TV series? It's so clever. Why not? Oh, well, I would just love that. I think I... Because when I write, I'm sort of seeing things in my head, mm-hmm. and I and I have a lot of sort of situational humor in my book. Yes. So I, I do think that some wonderful movie producer or actor should jump on that. Well, Shonda. <laughs> Shonda Land. They, it's, they it's, already know about your book. I love it. It's fun because yes. you, like you said, you do have the different de- generations mm-hmm. and how their world, you know, is entwined. It's very clever. I really enjoyed it. It's a mm-hmm. fun, fun read. The sweet spot. I think everyone will love it. And it just your cover looks like Valentine's. It does. It does. <laughs> yes. Which is, I hope it's not misleading because I really don't write romance. I love romance, but I don't really write straight up romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have some love in my books. I do have, um, I think I can say that I have the typical romance happily ever afters, even if they're a little bit um, more cynical maybe in my case. But um, but yes, I love that cover. I love the illustrator. She's done all of my books and she's just wonderful. And you're right. She kind of gets me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is not a romance novel at all. Mm-mm. It is not. It's, no. it's just a fun story. And I think it defines, it kind of, fits where a lot of people are at too. What is family? How do we define that today? Because it can be people you're related to people. You aren't people you knew in your past. I mean, it's really a clever, I loved your book. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much. I also think that one thing that women have that I don't know that men have as much as we do, but it's finding friendships, you know, after 50, My friends are so important to me now, and they become more and more important to me the older I get. And I think making friends later in life is such a gift. It's such a wonderful thing to, and maybe someone who you didn't expect to become your friend. But um, I think we're just a lot more open-minded as we get older. Aren't we great? (laughs) Aren't we the best? (laughs) We're really the bomb. I can't stand it how smart and lovely we are. And the other big thing in here, I think, is forgiving yourself and forgiving others too. And I think I I tend to think that women are really good at that. I do too. And I think we should be because we all screw up. I mean, we all say something that we shouldn't have said. And I think that we just have to get very good at apologizing and meaning it. And 
Um, and just thinking outside of it's that sort of thing that people say when you before you snap at somebody or honk at somebody, just consider the fact that they might be having the worst day of their entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I was going for with Melinda is that she might be coming across as snappish and judgmental and rude, but she's going through something. And I think we have to think about that as we sort of move through our day, that maybe somebody who's not as polite as they could be, you can be rude back or you could sort of assume good intent and assume that maybe they're not doing so great either. (laughs) Amy, we love meeting you. We loved your book, The Sweet Spot. Thank you so much. And like Lori said, so I love the different generations of yeah. women. Um, mm-hmm. It's really clever. It's really fun. And it's a great read. And I hope a lot of our listeners pick it up. Yes. I and agree. Um, oh, well, it's it's the Barnes and Noble pick of the month. So it you is. Can definitely find it there. Con- <laughs> congratulations to you. Thank you for being thank on our you. show. This- and thank you so much. I love chatting with you. Oh, thanks, Amy. OK, we've got two copies to give away. Give Grant a buzz at 651 651- Six four one one zero seven one, and we'll get those in the mail to you. And we are going to take a quick break and be right back. Hey, everybody! It's Lori and Julia here for Chan Hassan Dinner Theater. It's February, and here are some fun things to do. Um, your Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters is your go-to entertainment source. So tell everybody what's okay. playing on the main stage. Everything fun. So on the main stage is the Tony Award-winning musical, The Prom. Um, this is a new Broadway show. It went in March of 2019. It checks all the boxes. Fantastic singing, dancing. It's a contemporary show based on a true story. And it's one of the funniest shows, but it's also really a sweet story of acceptance that will bring you joy. We have our tickets. You don't want to miss the prom. Right. Coming up also for one night only on March 13th is Kicking It Irish. The O'Shea Irish dancers are going to be there for a fun time for the whole family. Plus, they have a lot of great concerts coming up, tributes, Cat Stevens, Joe Cocker, so many more. Stevie Ray's comedy is every Friday and Saturday. Visit ChanHassonDT.com. And remember, Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, always entertaining you. Do you know how many Valentines we already have? Oh, oh. It's so cool. It is. Yeah. It's so but cool. But it is like I was like, wow. Yeah. Because schools are doing it. You know, like a project. They're they're so sweet. The, the conference so nice. room table was about a foot high, high. and all filled up earlier. It was yeah. like a it was like a pile of money. It was yeah, beautiful. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Beyonce, uh, the Beyonce concert at Huntington oh. Bank oh, yeah, Stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Minneapolis concert. We are in plan. B, group B, right. we're going to get an email if we get an access code on Super Bowl Sunday, Julian. we got to be ready to buy on Monday. So I love that the <laughs> Today Show did a report because yesterday, the cities that are in group A, right. the tickets went right. on sale. How did it go? You know, with the because I would say Beyonce and Taylor Swift are equal in the fans that must go. I mean, you know. This is a concert year that's breaking everybody's bank, pretty much, because yes. everybody is on tour. Thank goodness the Stones are not This there. is the summer. That's breaking <laughs> the summer, everybody. Yeah. Oh, no, it's ridiculous. It's true. It's, it's true. true. Yeah. So here's the Today Show about how the pre-sale tickets for Beyonce's uh, Renaissance World Tour started. Pre-sale tickets for Beyonce's North American Renaissance World Tour launching Monday. This time, there was no deja vu of Taylor Swift's pre-sale meltdown in November, with fans of both stars, like friends Lindsay Myers and Laura Hopkins, saying things went smoothly. 
Beyonce really matters to me. Lindsay's mom got an access code and was able to grab tickets in just eight minutes. Floor seats for 350 apiece. It's kind of like almost refreshing to see that there were so many, so many options so that like a lot of people could go. But there was still heartbreak for some. Even Beyonce super fans like Nikki Patel got waitlisted. And how's that feel? I'm offended. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. did Ticketmaster not see my purchase history? Exactly. The ticket sale ah, coming just point. one day after Beyonce's historic night at the Grammys. I'm not getting tickets. Back in November, Swifties battled Ticketmaster's website trying to buy presale tickets for her Eras World Tour. It was so bad, Congress got involved, grilling Live Nation about the company's policies. After Beyonce announced her Renaissance World Tour, the Senate Judiciary Committee tweeting, We're watching, Ticketmaster. This time around, the company staggered sale dates instead of releasing tickets all at once, and we're actively moving people from the wait list. Ticketmaster was also diligent with updates Monday on its Twitter, letting fans know what to expect. Hopefully no Beehive members are left pining for the best thing they've never had. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So anyway, so I was glad to hear that um, news. Oh, that yeah. it didn't, you know, because that was the other thing, you know, the system was crashing. And, right. You know, all this other stuff, but it is like maddening. I do now have a little experience yes. under my belt with this, but it is um, the less tickets you buy, kind of the better luck you have as far as like pricing and stuff. The less? Doesn't the that, less. Doesn't that seem wrong? No, but I mean, buying two tickets oh, here and oh, oh, two oh, tickets sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. Like mm-hmm. um, when you buy like six tickets, it's harder to find those seats. Yes. You know? So that's why, like, I had asked Grant, you should, you know, you could register if you still could be a Beyonce verified fan, but that ended yesterday. On Sunday. Sunday night. Sunday at 530. I totally have just given up on all this concert stuff. I'm going to have so much FOMO. Well, so much FOMO. Here, here's a little something. I never thought I would see this, hear about this, but I did kind of get a kick out of it on Good Morning America. Robin Roberts all morning teasing. She's got two legends coming up, mm. two legends coming up that have recorded a gospel uh, album or not an album, a song called Peace Like a River. Um, it's Dolly Parton and Dionne Warwick. Oh, geez. This is the end of like the interview with those with them. Oh, I went to the wrong one. My all apologies. Right. Give me a second here. They, I... they have to sing their favorite songs of yep. each okay. other. <laughs> two lifetime achievement awards between the two of you. I want to ask you this. Okay, Dolly Parton, what is your favorite Dionne Warwick song? <laughs> Do you know the way to sing it? I love them all. I love them all. I was, I was hoping you were going to sing it. I was hoping you were going to sing your answer. Okay, now the pressure here, because you're going to have to sing your answer here, Dionne Warwick, your favorite Dolly Parton okay. song. Ah, right, here it comes. Working nine to five. That's cute. Anyway, I could tell Robin was a little. I think Dionne Warwick makes everybody nervous. Oh, Dolly wasn't nervous. She's got oh. crabby, resting face. Yeah, maybe. That is one hundred percent what she has. She just had. She just has has to no time for nonsense. But I got a <laughs> kick out of the chemistry between her and Dolly. And Dolly wrote this song. Quite a long time ago, Peace Like a River, and she thought of Dionne Warwick and wanted, like, I wonder if she would ever sing a gospel song with right. me. And um, so maybe it's going to come out on um, 
Friday, but I, I, I know someone who saw the Dionne Warwick documentary and said how good it was. You know, like she does not get her props for how huge she was in the late 60s, early 70s, oh. and her and Burt Bacharach, their oh, songs and how she just... Everything. Everything. And the number one song that I think I've sang forever, Do You Know the Word? Yeah. I, mean, I always sing it right. I mean, that one... Yeah. He's Even just, my mom and dad had that Dionne Warwick, that one album. Oh. That blue on Blue was on that He's album. So blue on Blue, Blue over Blue. And I mean, it was like... Both my mom and dad agreed on Dionne Warwick in the house of Johnny Cash and Elvis. I Dion, love that. I know. She made the cut. She did. Okay, so you remember when we were talking about the Grammys yesterday and we were talking about how Harry Styles almost tripped off that turntable with the people yeah. when he was performing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently, um, the people had been working out all week on the turntable and it went in one direction. But the night of the Grammys, it went, it went backwards. No pun intended. Oh. Oh, it yeah. literally, <laughs> it literally went in reverse, oh, and they no. said it went backwards, freaking us all out on live television. And there was nothing we could do to stop it. So after a week of rehearsing, this piece perfectly going in the right direction, oh. it's time to perform. It starts going backwards. Oh. In real time, we have to troubleshoot and try to do the piece in reverse. Talk about professionalism. So that's why. He kind of tripped off, and everyone yeah. looked so. It started off, and then his sound was messed up. Yeah, you and know, he was ready. that was a lazy set. I yeah, that was a lazy set. Maybe that's part of like what's in his show. Maybe it didn't translate it to didn't the Grammys. At all. It looked boring and stupid. I didn't like his outfit that he was in. Yeah. I was massively disappointed. I would but have in, rather seen him in his Harlequin clown jumpsuit with his <laughs> nipples out. Oh gosh, running around backward. I mean, I don't know. That was my least. Uh, favorite, like, spec- oh, it was same. not a spectacle no, at all. No, not at all. But again, it was backwards. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of explains just a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can rehearse all you want, but when it's showtime. Somewhere Olivia Wilde is sipping her tea and secretly <laughs> glad because Harry's in all kinds of little peccadillos with this Grammy Sunday night business. Which of is winning. ridiculous. Well, the man was working. Yeah, uh, no, but I mean, like somebody said in a speech, oh, yes, winning yes, yes, the yes, producers, yes. Uh, the producer of the Grammys' daughter being the little girl in the beginning of As It Was. Oh, yeah. Uh, 